0: Welcome back, everybody, to Ben Zinga's Real Estate Podcast. Today we have Mike Lagozo with a really exciting new investment platform um, called ReAlpha. I'm hoping you could start off and just tell us a little bit about your background, maybe, and then what led you to joining the, the team at Realpha.
1: Hi, Kevin. First of all, thanks for giving me the opportunity to be here. So it's a pleasure and I look forward to speaking with you. A little bit about my background, what led me to Realpha. I grew up in the finance world for the most part. Um, I started my career with E&Y, and then I moved to BMW Financial Services, so the captive finance for the automotive company. And there I spent 18 years in a number of different roles. Um, including finance, obviously, but also operations. Um, I lived in Germany um, at the BN- and worked in the BMW global headquarters for a few years as well. And I got to learn a lot about managing a large portfolio and doing things at scale. BMW, North America, 1.2 million customer portfolio, $40 billion in assets. So um, again, it's I learned a lot over my tenure there. But one of the initiatives that I led at BMW, um, which really made me catch the entrepreneurial spirit, was I led the first ever innovation lab for the company. I fell in love with working with startups from all over the world. I love the way they operated. Um, I love the fail fast mentality. And I eventually decided that I wanted to do this for a living. And I left BMW. And what I did was I went to work for an innovation consulting firm. They're based in the UK. They're called L Marks. And I decided to work with them to open up the first uh, office in the Americas. In my role, I got to work with startups, again, from all over the world, pairing them up with large institutions like a BMW to help them learn how to innovate at scale. Essentially, it was like a matchmaker between these large corporations and these small, nimble startups to help try to address uh, strategic areas of need. While I was there, I learned about this new startup in town and in town, this is in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm based, called Realpha, and this dynamic founder, Gary Devonor. And I reached out and I met Gary, and uh, we had breakfast and got to know him, we got to know me, and we continued the dialogue for a little while. We actually decided, you know, not so long after we met that there was an opportunity, he was looking for a CFO. Um, I spent a lot of time working with startups, and I got to see which ones were good, which ones were bad. And I thought this was a great business model with a founder who has been successful in the past. I decided to come over and uh, join him in February 2021, and it's been a heck of a ride.
0: Tell us a bit about you know I'd love to, yeah, hear your words. You know what? You know what? What it is, and you know what's what's special about it.
1: Briefly about kind of the. I guess the mission of Realtha and how it got started. And essentially, what, what what happened was Gary received a phone call from a friend who was essentially upset because she wanted to invest in real estate and particularly around the short term rental. And she was having difficulty coming up with the down payment. So it was a four hundred thousand dollar home. She needed twenty twenty five percent. She was having trouble coming up with the down payment. She was just you know in in the discussion. Gary started to think about well. This is a, traditionally a high barrier to entry for a lot of people, you know, not just my friend. And he started to do some research into, you know, this market, and he found that it's a 1.2 trillion global market in the short-term rental space. So he said, "Wow, this is this is big." And he started to think a little bit about, well, how can I give individuals like my friend access to real estate when traditionally they they could not do it themselves. So he started to come up with the concept of fractional ownership of short term rental properties. And that's really the core mission of, of Realpha. It's to offer individuals an opportunity to invest in real estate in fractional shares when they normally couldn't do it themselves with an entire, you know, investment.
0: Yeah, you talked about the you know, the, the size of the short term rental market. Um, you know, clearly it's something that's, that's gotten a lot of attention lately, you know, especially the the popularity of you know people. You know, going to vacation rentals through sites like Airbnb when they're traveling. Now, do you see there still being a lot of room in this market to grow? Absolutely. Obviously, I mentioned this
1: is a 1.2 trillion global market. But what really gets us excited is the fact that Airbnb is still growing. You know, they recently had another record quarter. The CEO Brian Chesky, you know, went on record saying he's expecting a shortage of millions of hosts for 2022 and beyond. And uh, another thing that we're monitoring is, you know, Airbnb now has a 20, per, I think, above a 20% market share of the vacation rental industry. So not only is it growing, you know, it's taking a larger percentage of overall market share of vacation rentals. And we believe that the opportunity is right for an institutional player to come into this space. The growth that they're seeing is a lot of more mom and pop owners. We think that there's an opportunity to leverage our technology, which I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about. We feel this makes us unique and then bring in our brand from a consistency standpoint. Like if you're going to a Marriott, you know what to expect. Great amenities, great services. We think we could raise the bar here in this space.
0: How does this work for an investor? You know, walk us through, I guess, maybe we'll just start from the beginning of the process, whole process, you know, how you're. Finding these properties, acquiring them, and then you know how somebody ends up investing.
1: I'll talk about it from kind of a top-down approach. Um, when when we developed this you know, basically our processes, we wanted to build it to scale. And the first thing we realized we needed to do in order to be successful in, in really doing this at scale is putting technologies in place. So we like to say that we're we're initially a tech company at heart, and we're operating in the real estate space. Uh, the first thing that we, we did was we developed a, a piece of technology called the Realpha Brain. So it's essentially an algorithm that's made up of 28 different data points that helps us determine the Airbnb viability of a particular asset. And the different types of attributes range all over the board. So we look at things, obviously, like uh, the crime rate, but we also look at things like the school district, distance to different types of attractions, walkability. We triangulate it with other types of places that individuals typically like to go to when they're on vacation, and we determine a score. Now, the score doesn't necessarily tell us whether or not to buy it, but what it does for us is it eliminates ones that we shouldn't be Spending our time on, and if we want to look at hundreds and thousands of properties, using this as kind of a filter we felt was very important but again it 's not not really for us to make a buy decision ultimately when a property passes the threshold for the real brain We created another set of technology that's called human. So the real brain is artificial intelligence. Humans would be the human intelligence. And what we did was we decided to build a platform that is based on gig economy, where we have real estate professionals from around the world that will take the properties that pass the real brain and have an opportunity to further vet them. So they would go and they would validate the score of the brain if there were adjustments that they needed to make um, the brain because of artificial intelligence with machine learning, it gets better because of the reinforcement of the humans, you know, going in there and, and fixing. So the brain has, I think, over 400,000 homes that we've analyzed so far. And every time we do it, it'll continually get better. But what the human does in addition to with the brain does is the human also looks at visual aspects that artificial intelligence just isn't capable of doing so what they'll do is they'll go and look at the uh google street view of the neighborhood and check it out they'll look at photos of the home and they'll look and see whether or not it's a renovation heavy project or a very turnkey light refresh type project or whether there's potential um um, structural issues, if they see cracks or something like that on the surface. So it's a it's a great opportunity to, again, not only reinforce the brain, but to look at the visual aspects as well. And then from there, it will be essentially go to an underwriting committee and then ultimately a buy committee. So that's how it works. Um, what we're doing is, is our goal is to build a real estate marketplace to which um, syndicate members or potential investors could then come in go house shopping, so they will look at the platform. They would see the homes that we currently have offered. They can go in and they could essentially pick a particular home that they would like to be an owner of. They could look at the performance of the homes because since we're buying them first, we'll put them on Airbnb so they could see how well these homes are performing. They could see the seasonality trends. They could see any costs that have been put in to the homes and make a very well-informed investment decision then they could determine, you know, what percent they would like to invest in. So this is essentially how Realpha would work. They would be in basically a um, like a private placement with other syndicate members on a particular home. And then the way it works with Realpha is the percent that that particular syndicate member owns, they would get in the form of quarterly dividends. So basically, of the Airbnb net revenues, they would get the percent of equity appreciation of that home. So when we refi it down the road, eventually sell the home, they would get their percent of equity to which they could then either reinvest or keep. And then the the cool thing is is that they have access to that home from a timeshare component as well. So I, I will always advise people don't buy for the timeshare component, buy for the investment. Use the timeshare as a perk.
0: You know, how does this type of investment so this, you know short term rental um, compare to you know your standard, you know, long term rental. Um, I mean in terms of I guess cash flow or you know, I guess the, the pros and cons of it. Sure.
1: So, you know, from the pro side, uh, you know, what we've seen in the industry data also is, is supporting is a short-term rental typically yields about fifty or seventy percent more than a traditional long-term rental. So this this is from a, a revenue standpoint, and and I think all of us, you know, even from a personal experience standpoint, you know, we were in uh, my family, we had gone to uh, Amelia Island, and we ended up uh, renting a place for a week, and I probably paid in a week what that cost to probably mortgage that home for the month. So I think we all have experiences that typically when you do short-term rentals, you're paying more of a premium. So that's obviously a reason why we do it. Um, You know, the trend of more of this nomadic workforce as well, where people are starting to, you know, go all over and they don't have to go into the office anymore. You know, one of the things that we saw was that I think 24%, almost a quarter percent of Airbnb bookings are for 28 days or more. So, you know, we feel that that's, you know, this is also very appealing to, to kind of stay in this space as well, as well as the demands that we're seeing. I think the nights book for future travel, even um, it's gone up uh, year over year uh, from an Airbnb standpoint as well. So we're, we're very excited about kind of the direction that it's heading as well.
0: You know, one of the concerns I know that some investors have expressed with short-term rentals is, you know, some of the you know some of the, the restrictions the regulations that are being put put in place in certain cities and municipalities where they're either you know not allowing it or you know kind of creating a lot of red tape to um, be able to rent places out on um, on these vacation rental platforms so i guess you know how big of a concern is is it for that to spread into more areas. And, you know, is that also, is that something that you kind of keep an eye on when you're looking at new markets, like the likelihood of, of those types of, um, you know, regulations being put in place? Um, Great
1: question. And it's something that we, we look at all the time. Um, You know, we believe that, you know, a great example of another company that had to kind of overcome this was Uber. You know, when you kind of think about what they had to go through with kind of the local transportation authorities and the taxi companies, and it it took them a while to ultimately, you know, get established and allow them to kind of operate and then ultimately grow to what they've become today. You know, we believe that the short-term rental space is, is kind of going in a similar pattern. Um, we understand that you know there are restrictions, you know, um, more at the, the local levels and even sometimes at the HOA levels. Um, we also know that Airbnb has lobbyists as well. That they're currently, you know, they're currently out there trying to, you know, get more of these local regulations at least moved up to the state level to create a little bit more consistency, and that would allow other companies to at least be able to. Um, you know, regular play within those regulations a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, um, you know, one of the things our real for brain does is it not only enables us to select the most viable Airbnb properties, but it also helps us determine, you know, where we can do it and where we can't. Um, But I'm a big proponent of having, you know, somebody with local knowledge in on the buy decision as well. Somebody that even knows the granularity that, Hey, the left side of this street, you can do it. And on the right side of your street, on the street, you can't. So it's, it's kind of a combination of things. I think if, you know, my, I love the opinion that if you know how to approach the situation and you know how to take a little bit more of a granular approach to the situation, I, I think that you could operate within it and, and be successful.
0: You know, with any new industry, you know, it kind of starts out like, you know, the wild West in a sense. And then, you know, as regulations come in place, it, I think it tends to help overall, you know, once you get to a point where you know what, you know, you're operating within and and what you, you can and can't, can't do. So um, that's, you know, reassuring to see that you guys, you know, are monitoring that and are on top of that. Um, You know, obviously another concern right now um, is just the real estate market in general. I know a lot of people are afraid of real estate. How, you know, how are you guys adapting to, I guess, the market? in general and
1: so we you know we are obviously monitoring the situation uh very very closely um you know one of the things that you know we're seeing obviously uh, in addition to the rising interest rates are there, there's a reduction of people wanting to buy uh right now as well um, we we see that as an opportunity uh one of the things that we've also been seeing are forecasts about home prices that are um look like they will be dropping here in the Probably through the six-month time frame, we also see that as an opportunity. So we're we're really monitoring the situation, and we're positioning ourselves with some key partnerships to get us ready for when that time comes. So um, I, I can't disclose this, but we we have one of the largest financing deals in, in short-term rental history. We'll have more details, which we'll be sharing here. You know, once we're able to do that, but. You know, putting these types of partnerships in place, we have currently the Regulation A offering going on to raise capital. Um, we believe that we're positioning ourselves to, you know, really start to scale uh, when the time is right. Um, you know, when you take a look at the history of a company like Imitation Homes, for example, um, you know, when they were backed by institutions like Blackstone, you know, we're hoping to do something similar, but back it with retail investor capital through the regulation they offering. So, you know, we're monitoring things closely. Uh, the way that we built our model as well, you know, we have the ability to do a little bit more leverage, a little bit less leverage. Um, so we could, we could either take advantage of low interest rates or not use as much leverage if the interest rates are high. And we feel as though we have a very profitable model that we could put in place regardless of the market conditions.
0: And I I think that speaks a lot to the benefit of, you know, fractional ownership. Um, I think, you know, for one, I mean, as you said early on, I mean, it's, um, you know, investing in real estate is already cost prohibitive, but, you know, the individual investor typically doesn't have that choice, right. Of, you know, using less leverage, like, okay, well, rates are high. I'm just going to, you know, make a, 50% 50% down payment instead of 25, when reality is they had a hard time coming up with that 25% to begin with. So they're kind of stuck with, you know, leveraging, you know, 70, 80% of the property at whatever the interest rates are. And, you know, by, with this fractional model, I mean, they're getting kind of that that benefit of getting into a property that's, that, that leverages, yes, lack of a better term, just optimized, Right. Um, so that's, I don't know, to me, that's one of the, one of the really exciting things about, about this model of investing, you know, getting to, you know, get equity as in the same way that an institutional investor does it.
1: Definitely. Um, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, the one thing that we keep going back to is, you know, historically, you know, real estate is known to be a good hedge against inflation. So I know the market is going up and down and you see the volatility. When you take a look at the real estate plays historically, it's been pretty stable and we feel good about, you know, operating in this space as a result of it. The fractional ownership play that you mentioned, um, we really feel good about it as, as well because not only does it give opportunity to people by lowering the barrier to entry, it's really creating an entirely new category of investors. Um, there was an article by uh, Pete Flint in NFX um, maybe a week or two ago about kind of this disemerging this uh, demographic who wants to get into fractional ownership. So, um, you know, seeing an article like that from an individual like Pete um, is something that is reassuring to us that we feel we're building a model that will be appealing to the masses.
0: You know, you mentioned the um the capital you guys are raising right now with this regulation A offering. And I, I I saw that on your website as well as um reading a little bit about it. Could you maybe just tell us a little bit more about that? So that's you know, just to clarify, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's separate from you know, in getting on the platform and investing in properties. You guys have a raise to actually invest in the the plat- the company itself, right? Yes, that is correct.
1: So our Regulation A is an opportunity for, you know, retail investors to come in and be a part of our company at, at its current stage. So essentially, you're, you're coming in at an early stage of rivalry alpha right now. And what we're doing with the capital raised through the Regulation A, essentially, is to use it as the down payment on our portfolio of homes that we're going to acquire. So essentially what a regulation a investor in rialpha gets is you know uh, access to rialpha and rialpha's current portfolio once we build the the portfolio of homes we'll then bring in syndicate members who would then come in to be fractional owners of an individual home and then that syndicate money that essentially comes back into rialpha will reinvest and we'll use it to buy additional homes so that initial Regulation A investor will start to see the portfolio grow. So every time we bring in a group of syndicate members, it brings in additional capital to which we just reinvest to grow the portfolio, to which we bring in additional syndicate members, and then it's kind of a singular thing.
0: Now, I want to get your take, though, on you know, where you know, where do you see the greatest opportunities right now? I mean, in this space, like, are there any particular markets that are you know especially exciting or any certain trends and i guess even the types of um vacation rental properties that you see being um, really being in demand um we
1: we're looking at a number of, of opportunities now that
0: we're really excited about
1: so in addition to traditional single family homes uh we're looking at multi unit locations so a duplex triplex quads Uh, The reason for that is it it drives efficiencies. If you think about it from an operational standpoint, right, you could have two, three, four units in the same location. But then it also allows for different combinations of booking. So let's say you had a four unit, you know, you could offer that out four units of two bedrooms. You could rent out the, the four units individually. You could have a large party come in and rent the whole thing out. So what we like about it is kind of the versatility of them as well and the lower operating costs. The other thing we're looking into um, are experiential properties. So when um, Airbnb came out with their categories, uh, we saw this as an opportunity to to start to look into these different types of categories and see, should we start to maybe come up with different types of bundles? So like if we did a... um, a syndication offering of tree houses or tiny homes or amazing pools you know based on the different types of categories, could we start to be appealing to you know people who are you know fanatical about you know these types of categories and and try to you know or even a multi pack right you know maybe somebody would be interested in you know four you know four different types of rentals that are in different types of categories across the u s So we think we could have a lot of fun with it, you know, knowing that these categories are in place. So, yeah, we're really excited about these types of opportunities, you know, over and above our traditional single family home.
0: Oh, that's, that's really interesting. That's exciting. Um, Okay. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see some of that come out. Um, I know I've I've looked at a lot of those, you know, experiential listings myself and haven't, um, I haven't gone and stated any yet, but some of them are just really cool, look really unique. And it, and it seems like they, they stay really well booked up. So, um, you know, exciting stuff. Um, before we go, you know, just wondering if this is any kind of wisdom, you know, you want to pass on to our listeners, you know, as far as, you know, investing in this real estate market right now, or investing in the, you know, the short-term rental space right now, whether it's, you know, through Realpha or whether they're going to go out and buy their own property or however they, they want to do it?
1: Um, yeah, happy happy to offer. So, um, you know, I, I would say some top points here, right? You know, this, again, this is a large fragmented market with a growing TAM. So the opportunity is out there. It's $1.2 trillion. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, Airbnb is operational number two hundred and twenty countries and regions. So, you know, not only not only is it a US play, right? It's a global play. So we think from an opportunity standpoint, it that that is there for the taking. Um, The other thing is this growing demand for fractional ownership. Um, You know, we think that this is a a game changer for individuals again who typically couldn't get into something like this in the past. So having the opportunity to get in as a fractional owner you know, we feel is, you know, great advice for maybe somebody who is wanting to dabble in it, but, you know, maybe uh, don't have the resources to go in all 100%. And then um, I would say, you know, the the third thing is, is, you know, thinking about real estate again, It's it's historically been a good hedge against inflation. It's relatively stable compared to the other types of industries that are out there. So you know, investing in real estate and doing it in a fractional way, in a growing you know total addressable market like uh, you know short-term rentals, you know we just feel that it it is a, a good investment across the board. And if if you can do it, you know, or seriously consider it, we we think that it's something that is I don't know. It, we feel that it's a, a positive uh, way to invest your money.
0: All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Mike. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time um, to come talk with us today. And, you know, I, I really look forward to seeing what you guys do and, you know, getting on the platform myself and, you know, getting some of these properties under my belt. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to get to meet with you.